0: hello everyone and welcome back to the Forgecast. my name's sam towns and i'm zach nesbitt before we get into today's episode let's take a moment to thank our sponsors
1: This week's episode is tickling your tic-tacs thanks to the amazing crew at Nordic Edge where you can get all of your blacksmithing and bladesmithing needs such as crispy Cubitron belts, Apex Ultra, Bevel Jigs and much more. So visit their easy-to-use website, nordicedge.com.au after the show to stock up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was a tough one. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that was good. <laughs> uh, uh, love you, Vion. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I mean, he does send Mentos in the in the in the uh, edge packs, so Tic Tacs might be also on the list.
1: Ah, okay. oh, hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> but, but anyway,
0: with that being said, what have you been up to this week,
1: Zach? Uh, you can tell i've been going crazy i have been just throwing myself into batch work uh mm. if you've been following my story you've been seeing just the repetitive work that i've been going drawing
0: all of the stock out doing a lot of tapers <laughs> i think i saw like what was it, like 20 freaking hairpins, 20 or 30 hairpins uh 27
1: doing? yeah 27 yeah. hairpins i would finished out to add to the other three that i'm going to take down to balling up so that uh, it will be the 30, which is about, uh, I think it's seven more than last year. You're <laughs> right.
0: Last year, last year. <laughs> <laughs> last year, I had 37.
1: Um, but yeah, so uh, I did that. Today, as the episode's being recorded, it will I would have done another 15-odd of the penannular brooches um, mm. that I've been doing. And yeah, trying to, trying to just get everything in the soup. So I've got some time on the weekend to clean it up,
0: really. <laughs> yeah, because we're only um, a week and a half away. So.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, and I made the decision this time to not head down uh, late. I will be heading down in the afternoon on the Friday. Um, right. So pretty much a couple of hours after the episode will actually air. <laughs> nice, but just so we can go down in the daylight and enjoy the drive and do a few stop offs and not be trying to unload everything in in the you know dark of night, so uh, to make it a bit easier for check in, it'll be nice. But uh, yeah. looking forward to it. We're heading down to Bridgetown, so I've not been there yeah, before, nice. but uh, you could drop yeah. in
0: by Bruce and you know say hi.
1: Oh, if he's not too busy making all I of those he's brilliant still the folders. I was near the Sydney Knife Show no was he i don't know i think so i'm keeping track i'm pretty sure he took out an award there or a couple best folder but yeah yeah amazing work just just bruce in your folders god man Uh, I will learn I will learn but yeah other than that that, that's pretty much it that's it's just been batch work and and so on and so forth um nothing really different uh and it's not really going to change over the next couple of days until I go because other than that it's just going to be making sure the cars are running smooth and they're going to make the trip because it's about a three and a half hour drive making sure I don't forget anything at home because it's going to be a long drive back if I do and I don't really want to have anything like that happen no that would be (laughs) painful it really would. It really would. Anyway, the song that has been getting me there and, and just powering me through has been an absolute bop. And it's great for doing your drawing out as well. So trust me, if you like having something to just follow along to beat, if you like to mimic the beat, this is a great one for that. Um, it's by a Sydney artist here in Australia so that's pretty right. awesome uh she's a youngin 21 she uh, came out on tiktok where else do you come out these days and <laughs> and release all your music so uh yeah uh, this one came out in 2020 and and skyrocketed a lot it's called psycho by mia rodriguez absolute bop really really good yeah it is actually a good. <laughs> one. But yeah anyway that being said how about you sam how's things well... been
0: on your end I've been uh, endeavouring not to drown uh, in, the, in the current <laughs> weather. <laughs> Keep your head above water, hey? Oh, man. Uh, it, we've had like torrential downpours lately. Uh, the whole day you'll have just drizzles of rain, and then at night it just buckets for like a half hour straight. Um, <laughs> it actually, my whole workshop flooded. So I've... I've oh, uh, no. Yeah, yeah. I've just been wading into the workshop rather than... Walking. Had your gum boots uh, on. <laughs> that's it. Pretty soon I'm gonna need a snorkel just to grind. <laughs> uh, at least it'll keep the steel cool. <clears throat> that'd be a good but test if, for that fire ant. See if it runs on underwater. That yeah, Reckon I mean, it would. that would be that'd be a hell of a, uh, a hell of an advertising gimmick. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we'll grind underwater. That's uh it. but yeah, so I finished the mesa repair that I was doing um, for the last like three weeks. It seems like I finally put the damn thing together. Um, <laughs> Top work so on that! That's all. Thank you very much. Yeah, it came out all right. It was a little bit of finicky to get the handle all finished up and stuff. Doing cord wraps is deceptively difficult to do well.
1: It's, oh, yeah, one of those
0: things well, like it's just wrapping cord around a piece of wood. like you think it would be really easy, but yeah, so like getting it to look neat and getting it to be comfortable and even uh, is a is a bit of a trick. But once you get it done, it looks pretty good. So hopefully the customer will be happy with that. Um, I also shipped off that uh, set of katanas that I had to sharpen. Definitely. which was fun uh, that was that was an experience I had to yeah. It was the first time really doing much around resharpening katanas. I'd, I'd sharpened a couple in the past, but this was the first time I'd sharpened a set for uh, some professional iaido. Interesting cutting. Hope you get some videos out of it? No, unfortunately not. I had to kind of do it on the DL. So <laughs> oh, shame. One of them basically needed a full regrind because there was some chips out of the edge. Unfortunately, um, and other than that, I've been slowly chipping away at the viking sword which is like due in like nine days as of recording yeah i'm going to be <laughs> gonna get it done uh, to be honest i've screwed up the uh the guards again uh, i didn't fit them correctly so i've got to start again from scratch and i'm gonna make new guards and the blade is still only as ground it's not even hand sanded yet and you know i still have like 40 hours of engraving and inlay to do on the guards and pommel. so <laughs> next week if i disappear off the face of the earth for five (laughs) days straight you'll know what i'm doing
1: no sleep for you (laughs) my
0: my life is over (laughs) as far as like anything but the sword uh for for breaks there's no breaks (laughs) Breaks. sleep when you're dead Uh, Uh, i've been i've been struggling get her done yeah i've been struggling over needing to make stuff to make money but also needing to work on this damn sword this is why one of the reasons why i want to stop taking commissions is because this kind of stuff happens it's just that extra bit of stress that i just cannot handle no no yeah.
1: And that that's why it's trying to spend every waking minute that you can to try and just get it off your plate and push it away from, out, out, of, out of your life and get it done. That is the plan at this point. Yeah. Unfortunately, the setbacks happen, but uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lesson learned, I had, a, I, I had a moment of horror. <laughs> I think the worst
0: moment of my life recently with the sword was when I was regrinding it because it had rusted. And I was really concerned because yeah. I don't have a micrometer or anything to tell how thin it is at the middle of the fuller. And so yep. as I'm trying to grind through some of this deepest rust that had come in there, I was worrying that I was just going to blow mm-hmm. through the center of the sword with the grinder. <sighs> and I just, yep. oh, man, the the absolute horror in my life, just <laughs> slowly touching it to the grinder just, you know, again and again and just hoping I don't see color change. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, if I blew through it, I think that, you know, the universe itself would have imploded with the the loudness of my screams yeah that's (laughs) i can just hand sand it and etch it and get it the hell out of my house um uh but also I, i i released a photo of of or a story video of the the new chalk talk space i finally got a Oh, yes. Yeah, I got a new chalkboard mounted and painted yesterday. Uh, and it'll have its second coat on tomorrow. So I plan on getting back to doing Chalk Talks, which is I'm excited to do. Excellent.
1: I'm sure everyone listening is looking forward to that. Yeah. No, I <laughs> want to get back
0: to making content again. And I think Chalk Talks is going to be a good way to slowly make my way back into it because it requires a lot less uh, camera angles and editing and all that kind of stuff. It's a lot easier for me to, to produce without having to... Spend hours and hours at a computer screen. Oh, 100%. And, you know, education is one of my great passions in this craft. So. I actually have a lesson tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. <laughs> Glad to hear the lessons are going well. Oh, yeah. So my song of the week this week is actually a song, again, I found on TikTok. I think like, I need to just stop saying that at this point because every song that I find is on TikTok these days.
1: Well, I mean, no one hears them on the radio
0: anymore. Well, no, this is it. Let's be honest. Like you're either you're either <laughs> listening to stuff that you listened to back when you were a kid, or you're listening to stuff that went viral on TikTok. That's basically pretty um, much. Even if you hear it on Instagram, <laughs> guaranteed it was on TikTok first. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's it's by a creator called I Am Rose, and Rose is spelled with R O Z E, uh, and it's called Someone Who Cares. And it's it's an absolute bop. I lyrically it is it, it is amazing. No, that's it. It's <laughs> honestly the the verbiage in the song is amazing. It's like the first time I heard it, I was vibing with it because it's that really kind of uh, low jazz almost kind of uh, okay know, feel. But the lyrics are hilariously accurate to just you know like about not wanting to deal with other people's bullshit, basically. <laughs> Definitely give that a listen. It's, it's, uh, it's a good, good song. Good song. Highly recommend. Well, that would then bring us into inspirations. It would, because uh, we're lacking in emails this week. Uh, we're actually yes. compiling a set of emails for the topic of next week on injuries in the workshop wild wacky and zany injuries that you've incurred incurred in the in the workshop currently we've only got one email so send us them in guys we need them all
1: let us know give us
0: be fun to talk give us some cool and funny stories that we can joke and laugh about while educating people about safety that's right (laughs) but while we're waiting for those who's inspiring you Zach
1: um I I got onto the uh the sort of corner of wood carving Mm. and it's just I love what you can do with metal. Don't get me wrong, but there is some just incredible things you can do with wood. Mm. Uh, And I know that you've, you've shared a couple of uh, really interesting wood carvers uh, in the past as well. I I don't know whether just the planets had aligned or anything (laughs) like that, because I actually, I've started to have a lot of pain in my knee as well, uh, which is turning out to possibly be a bit of arthritis. Lovely stuff. Mm. But, yeah, and somebody was joking to me. It was like, oh, he'll be on a cane one day. And (laughs) for some reason, this this stuff just started popping up on my feed. Anyway, the guy's name is Rafe Killips. He is on Instagram. And the the one that got my eye was a puffin that he had carved out of maple. And I think he'd set it into a bit of walnut. And that was a cane topper. And these are just life, just so realistic these carvings the colorings and everything that goes on to them i just had to share that really that that was my inspiration and and it was just a funny story how it came onto my feed <laughs> so yeah
0: cool so how do you spell there
1: oh so Rafe kill it raifki double
0: excellent on instagram yeah fantastic oh yeah
1: just I'm my mind is just shattered on h- h- the detail that he gets into them. And I'll tell you what, if yeah, the, I'll tell you what, the day that I do need a cane, this is where I'm going. <laughs> so, yeah, Rafe, I, I hope you're ready for me, mate. I'm, I'm hoping for like a magpie or something like that.
0: Oh, mate, yeah, mate, L <laughs> shaped magpie cane would go hard. It would also oh, be yeah. an incredible weapon because <laughs> 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 beats on those buggers are incredible. <laughs> That's very true. That's very
1: true. I'll only bring it around, uh, bring it out, and use it probably around springtime. (laughs) (laughs) Stick it above your head, make them think you're one of them. Those Aussies will get the joke. (laughs) Anyway, Sam, how about you? Who's been inspiring you?
0: Well, my uh, inspiration is actually a fellow W alien. Um, Oh, yeah. He's uh, he's someone I haven't met, but I've heard a lot about. Because we move in very similar circles, because he, too, is a swordsmith. Uh Uh-huh. And he goes by the name of Fable Blades. Uh, Now, I don't actually know his real name. (laughs) Literally everyone I've I've spoken to about him, including people who've met him in person and know him in person, just call him Fable Blades whenever they talk about him. So... uh, (laughs) But he makes the most interesting and artistic forms of swords. He doesn't do, like, you know, your standard production swords, Hema blades and stuff like that. He does very, uh, almost David De Delagadel kind of Cedar Law Forge kind of style Ooh, things. Okay, And he also does, like, amazing sheath work. He does incredible uh, scabbards and tooling on leather and all that kind of stuff for his uh, scabbard work. He just really has that artistic flair that I think I lack in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, you know, he he is the art to my utilitarian. And, uh, yeah, I hope to meet him one day. I, I've heard a lot about him and I have a couple of friends who know him. He lives down south, apparently. But, uh, okay. yeah, no, absolutely stunning work. And highly recommend you check him out if you're into swords and all that kind of stuff, especially fantasy style stuff. One of his most recent pieces, which was a uh, like a rapier, the rapier sweepings were all vines going around the handle. It was amazing. Nice. So yeah, fable blades, all one word on Instagram. And would then uh, bring us on to the technique.
1: Technique of the week. 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 And our technique is coming to you thanks to KnifeMaker Plus, where you can get taught the pro tips of bladesmithing by one of the best in the game, ABS Master Smith Kyle Royer. It's like he's right in the room instructing you and providing tips to turn your knife-making game up to 11. You can do all that and more by visiting learnknifemaking.com after the show.
0: Yes, and this week, Knife Maker Plus might actually be helpful <laughs> because the technique is planning and no one plans yes. like Kyle Royer do. No.
1: <laughs> you want to know how do you knife? Yeah. Kyle Royer can tell you. Planning, planning is so helpful. Um, it can just make the job go so much smoother than trying to do it on the fly. Most of the time can help you get out of trouble. <laughs> Well,
0: it's, it's that whole, you know, the six Ps. You know, proper planning prevents piss poor performance. Oh, yeah. is it like the uh, the seventy thirty rule? Yeah,
1: pretty much. <laughs> and it, it, it's something yeah, that, then, something
0: that I had to learn the hard way uh, in things like the forty eight hour dagger challenge and things like that, where time is of the essence. If you don't take yeah. the time to plot out your course and like set aside your uh, your materials and you know actually draw up a design. You're gonna be screwed when it comes to the crunch. Uh, oh yeah, <clears throat> and Neil's. Or if you bit. run into something
1: that's uh, that that that's not in the plan, that's and it. not having an idea how to fix it.
0: <laughs> and Niels drills this all the time because like Niels works from uh, almost two D drawings on like CAD software for his daggers and stuff like that. Uh, Oh yeah. So planning definitely does have its advantages. And I think a lot of us tend to skew away from it. I know I tend to fight against it a lot where I'm like, no, no, just, you know, follow the natural order of things and just let things appear as they may.
1: I think we're all guilty of that. Like (laughs) I've definitely tried to have, have a a plan in my head, even when I approach knives and, Sorry, Niels, but I had a couple of Pokemon knives there Mm. um, because they just sort of changed into these things as they went along. Um, But that was the the plan for me. It was just a learn. So that was really helpful. Um, But planning in terms of something like the 48-hour dagger challenge uh, is very crucial because Mm. when you're under a time constraint, very much like your commission, Sam, Mm. um, you're trying to overcome these obstacles, making sure that you have... Ordered your uh, materials um, and some spares, uh, either online, locally, go out and source them. Gotten all of that uh, already? Um, then you should be onto your designing and drawing and uh, scaling, structuring, all of that sort of stuff. How's it going to look? The shape, the profile, all of those things. And yeah, and because then even if you mock it up in like cardboard or wood or something like that, you'll get a feel for it. If you like it or or not, and you might change things from there, and it's mm. not really costing you much uh, other than well, some very cheap materials, scraps, if anything, and just your time. So, yeah. but it, but it will help you when you approach the main main project. Yeah. You won't fall into those pitfalls, or if you do, you'll knock them out of the way first. And the,
0: more, <laughs> the, the better you are at planning, like the the more you look at it closely, you can avoid those pitfalls. It doesn't necessarily. Like you may run into things that you didn't foresee, but if you don't take the time to plan, you will run into stuff you didn't foresee. Whereas taking the time to plan it out and write down your your methods, like write down each step can actually help you go, oh, I know where I could accidentally make a mistake here. And so therefore you're Mm -hmm. more cognizant of it when you actually come to that point.
1: Or at least you can allocate more time for when that does arise. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 100% because that's a big factor in it is just not allocating enough time to one task. Mm -hmm. You might be doing some hand sanding or something and only allocate a couple of hours and you need to double that. And and then the next task has got to eat that up. So it's, yeah, one of those very, very crucial things is timing as well. There's a lot of factors that come with planning. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the more that you can tackle and write down and brainstorm on it, even whatever you can do, uh, set yourself up in whatever way works for you, the, the smoother the ride will be.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully, at least. <laughs> One of my pieces of advice when it comes to planning is is basically just like I said, write down each step and break down each step into multiple steps. Right? So instead of like, yeah. instead of like forge sword, instead write down <laughs> like forge tip, forge distal taper, forge lateral taper forge bevels forge fuller work it into steps because you might find that there is a different method to doing things like you might want to do the fuller before you do the bevels and you always want to do the fuller before you do the bevels just fyi but (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the day like that kind of thing can really help you overcome those problems if you write it out really really detailed you don't have to do it for every project, but at least one project, write it down in an in an exhaustive list. You'll actually understand your method better. Maybe if it
1: is something like uh, like maybe the, a commission, like you've got where the materials matter and you've only got so much, those projects are really where it counts. The, the stuff that you want to just make on a whim because you want to, that stuff, you don't really need a plan for it. You can, you can let that evolve as it goes because that's when you're having your fun time. For me, uh, my way of planning uh, actually comes into it uh, at the moment, how I'm doing my batch work. Mm. Uh, It's the fastest way for me to create a big amount of stock in a short time. I could do one hairpin at a time, uh, start to finish, but it would eat up so much more time uh, than for me, doing all of the drawing out in one day and all the tapers and then doing all of the curling and whatnot. So you split it up into tasks. And actually what you were saying with the sword, Sam, when you were writing down those crucial steps as like fullering or or beveling, even your heat treating, Mm. because something that came to mind just then was that, uh what if you have to run out and do something you might put that project down and forget where you're at. Yeah. I actually, <laughs> So um, it's good to have something written on there to know where you're at when you left. <laughs>
0: it's funny because like uh, for the, for the Viking sword, actually I sat down two days ago when I busted the old guard like the, the newest guards that I did. And I wrote down each yeah. step individually and I wrote out like cut the material for top guard, cut the material for bottom guard, cut the material for pommel. And I went like in that specific kind of really basic (laughs) cut down and every step that I've done so far, I'm crossing it off, like, you know, ticking it as I go because that way I'm maintaining my focus on the actual job. Uh, And it also, it does give you some level of feeling of accomplishment. Like I've accomplished a thing. I get to tick it off. And the smaller you make those tasks, the more accomplishment you feel regularly, (laughs) right? Like if if you go... That that little
1: little, uh, bleed of endorphins there. (laughs) That's it. Like if you have
0: like one thing that's like forge, grind and heat treat blade is your point, then it could take you a week before you can tick that thing off. Whereas if you say like forge tip, (laughs) forge bevels, forge full or whatever... Then those are individual things you can tick off relatively, relatively quickly. I agree, but that yeah. that pretty much brings us into the topic of the week. Yeah, I was just going to say the same. <laughs> <laughs> the topic this week is actually uh, brought to you by. It's not actually brought to you by, but we decided that it was going to be a non-sponsored sponsor spot for the forty-eight hour dagger challenge. <laughs> Because you guys know that we love Niels and we love the 48 hour dagger challenge. And given that Zach and I are actually considering we may not have the time to do the 48 hour dagger challenge this year, we decided that we might give it a little bit of a shout out. That's it. And it's a wonderful challenge. <laughs> this year, you can actually go to blackdragonforge.com slash blog slash knife making slash 48 hour dagger challenge crafting a masterpiece of symmetry with dashes in between all of those which god neils why so long of a title (laughs) (laughs) but if you go to blackdragonforge.com and you search 48 hour hour dagger challenge you'll find it uh he actually has a full write-up for the 48 hour dagger challenge which will be occurring from august 28th 2023 at 12 in the afternoon to august 30th 2023 at 12 in the afternoon And that is for your time zone. It's not run on one time zone, it is run on all time zones. So it's 12 till 12 12 for two days straight from the 28th to the 30th in your time zone. So some people will be starting early, some people will be starting late, but we'll all be using the same amount of time. The challenge is run contiguous it is not like there's not 48 hours worth of work time it is literally 48 hours start to finish um so whatever amount of time you get to work in those time in that time is up to you uh you can choose not to sleep for 48 hours if you want to i don't <laughs> recommend it uh I highly recommend sleep sleep is good <laughs> i agree um and it has to be completely sole authorship it has to be a uh, mirrored dagger it has to be like a perfect it have to, has to be a perfectly symmetrical dagger um, unless it is Uh but even with a flambeau, you have to make it you know somewhat symmetrical and you cannot pre-produce anything for the dagger except the blade steel you cannot like pre-produce the guard or the the handle or the pommel or anything like that it has to be all produced within the 48 hour, hours except for a billet of Damascus. If you want to make a billet of Damascus to make the blade out of.
1: Yeah. You can make your Damascus or cast your billet of bronze or something to carve your guard out of, but yeah,
0: you can't do any carving for nothing. <laughs> now it's open to anyone who uh, can do uh, any kind of knife making. So you do grinding, you can forge it, you can chip at it with your teeth if you want to. Uh, as, as long as it's you doing the work you can yeah, partake and if you're gonna partake it's highly suggested that you utilize the hashtag 48 hour dagger challenge uh, on instagram and on facebook and you can join the 48 hour dagger challenge facebook group which uh, will give you access to all of the other members that are all doing it around the world um, it's not required that you post to the in, on the internet while you're doing it but it is highly recommended because part of the whole reason for the 48 hour dagger challenge is to get your name out there and the more people using the hashtag the more you know like eyes there are on it in that way the community benefits from the experience it is a challenge not a competition there are no winners so don't feel like you have to beat anyone it's not like oh Niels is doing it so therefore i can't do it myself no partake there are people everyone from professional knife makers all the way down to people who've never made a knife before do it every year like and, and
1: the challenge is really uh, upon yourself like I've, I've done it twice now and neither neither time i've even had a finished blade in my hand <laughs> but but it doesn't matter i i have learned so much in those uh those challenges um, uh, when I do get to do it again, I'll hopefully have something finished. Um,
0: yeah. especially with all that I've learned in knife making since. And get I mean, like, it, I had an epic failure of a 48 hour dagger challenge last year, where I decided to make yes. an arming, arming sword sized dagger with nothing but hand tools. Um, <laughs> so good idea. <laughs> okay, I didn't think it through. All right. Uh, I really should have, uh, I really should have thought that through a little bit better. But at the end of the day, the the most important thing is that you have fun. We all know that uh, our boy Alex, former host of the show, used to make absolute bonkers builds for his forty eight hour dagger challenge. Uh, Why do we even make blades anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and he uh, he has announced obviously on the show that he's not doing the forty-eight hour dagger challenge this year. He is doing the forty-eight hour katana challenge. Yeah. Um. Although he's not doing it simultaneous with the forty-eight hour dagger challenge, but um, no. he is a nutcase nonetheless. I'm looking forward to those videos. Yeah, I'm I'm interested There's to know if an anyone ride. will ever attempt dis uh, dag scissors again for a forty-eight hour dagger challenge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't I don't know but don't know. uh maybe if we i struggle with grace i struggle though. with tongs at the best of times lining those guys up so scissors probably won't it's not in my wheelhouse yet <laughs> yeah, we we'll, we'll just have to convince grace horn
0: to do the 48 hour
1: dagger challenge again uh you know maybe maybe cat Van forge will
0: uh do do a uh scissor daggers but in miniature miniature set that'd be awesome yeah yeah um <laughs> there have been there has been miniature daggers made in the forty eight hour dagger challenge. Actually the first forty eight hour challenge, um bloody hell, uh, Jack Conan made a miniature dagger uh for his, his entry. Which was quite I entertaining. I I do hope to partake this year, but uh Given that it's the Monday after the Bailing Up Medieval Fair, which is the due date for the Viking sword, I am not certain I'm going to have the motivation or energy to, to spend. Yeah. It starts the afternoon that I get back from the show, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I'll see. I've got a kind. I've kind of got an idea in my head because there is a dagger that I need to make, uh, and it, so it'll give me an excuse to make it. But uh, yeah. We'll see. The, the big reason that we're using this as a topic is because the 48 hour dagger challenge represents a really, really interesting phenomenon in the knife making community, which is this idea of challenges. You know, we, we talk about the forged in fire. We talked about forged down under. We talk about uh, all of the, the the timed challenges that we end up getting into. And some of pe- some people seem to view them as like a purely entertainment thing. But having done several challenges like that myself and also challenging myself to do stuff like that, like I've done a two hour knife and a one hour knife. Um, you Bowie build off as well, Sam. Well, that's it. I, it. It has taught me a lot about my modus operandi, the way that I set up my shop, the way that I you know run my planning, like when I' when I'm planning out a build, it's changed the way that I approach builds and the order in which I do them. Uh, and it's also taught me a lot about how quickly you could do something well. Um nothing oh, taught yeah. nothing taught me better than uh 2021, I think it was. The uh the feather pattern. It's not the feather pattern, the uh multi-bar twist cord Damascus dagger I did. Um <laughs> with the with the frame handle. Was that before my time? <laughs> <laughs> it was before your time on the show. Um <laughs> but yeah like that that whole build was supposed to be absolute nuts and it was and yet i finished it with also having broken handle materials and a guard and i still finished it like time, which... three times wasn't it no i only broke the guard once uh thankfully <laughs> <laughs> But it was like in the last four hours of the competition. Uh, <laughs> I literally yeah. no, broke fair. it the morning of the last day. Uh, I hated it so much. Yeah. But yeah, so oh, that happens. this is the thing is that it taught me a lot about what is, what is capable of being done in a short amount of time. Has, it gave me a lot more confidence in the workshop than I had before I attempted so that's why I constantly incentivize people to do it. I'm like, you know, even if you're not good at it, even if you don't know if you'll complete it, whatever, do it anyway. Well, it shows you what you're capable of in your, your wheelhouse, right? But
1: it also, uh, it shows you what you don't have in your shop, what tools you do have and how you can use them to, uh, to get your, your design around, um, which again, will come into your planning. Plan that around what tools you have uh, and the skills you have. Don't try and do something just ridiculous like i did um <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> yeah what what the challenge will bring to light is um what you need to brush up on what things you need to get better at what tools that uh, you will see other people using and jigs and other bits and pieces and the knowledge that gets shared around uh, through the the social media part of it of uh, posting up every couple of hours or, or when you can because um, like Sam said, the people that come across those streams and videos and posts and whatnot are some pretty big names and they jump on and give you the advice. If you're stuck, you can put something out there mm. and you will learn that or somebody might help direct you to something that, or somebody who can. Um, so that, that's really the beauty in it you You will learn in your shop uh, the setup is very different. So for my my shop is mostly set up for blacksmithing. When I try and do some knives, so many things get in the way because it's just not set up for that. <laughs> uh, so I have to do a few few little changes around uh, to get into that. So uh, keep that in mind as well. But even just placement of things that you already have. You might at the efficiency of it uh, yeah, when you're doing, sure doing this out. challenge. It's the first
0: thing that changes.
1: <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. I think, I think mine's changed about three or four times. But uh, I mean, and this one's pretty solid. I'm happy with it now. The only thing that'd be better is more space, but I think everyone would say the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the layout, uh, that that could change dramatically. You might uh, not like where your grinder is. You might want to change it to a pedestal. You might want to mount it on the roof or whatever you want to do. It, there's just so many things. Yeah, a lot of things get tested in the challenge that I don't even think you think get challenged until right. they, uh, they, they come up.
0: Yeah, and... Even beyond that, it is the utility of the tools that you do have. Learning how to you know, overcome obstacles, and for me, it was always it was about learning when to take extra time. Uh, for for instance, I found out really quickly that it's much better to take the extra fifteen minutes to set up the the flat plate and get everything perfectly flat before you start doing fit ups, before you like actually start doing fit ups. Because when I was normally making knives, just in a day-to-day where I didn't have a time crunch, I wasn't doing that. I was kind of going, yeah, it's flat enough, it'll be fine. But then I decided for the 48-hour dagger challenge, I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to make sure this is as flat as hell. And it only took me 15 extra minutes, and then I was like, holy crap, this is so much easier, and everything came together perfectly. And that really How drove How much time I-
1: you reckon that would have saved you from <laughs> chasing that
0: afterwards? Yeah, exactly. And this is the thing, is that, like it taught me so many things about what i was doing wrong in my normal builds where i was like i was taking no time to do these things when i had all of the time and now that i have no none of the time i'm doing it and it's saving me time
1: (laughs) amazing isn't it yeah (laughs) it's just crazy.
0: so It's definitely one of those things where I think it's worth doing, even if you're completely uncertain of whether or not you'll complete it, whether or not you'll come out with anything decent. It doesn't matter. Just do it anyway, because you'll figure out some really cool stuff along the way. I I would consider only one of the three 48-hour dagger challenge daggers that I've made decent. My first one was slapped together and had gaps everywhere and wasn't really well fitted together my second one was the the de resistance and then last week, last year i completely stuffed up by trying to get way too fucking overconfident i ended up making a dagger in the end i made a boot knife in the last day <laughs> i made i made a i made a 24-hour dagger rather than a 48-hour dagger down yeah at the end of the day it's really important to test yourself and test your limits and really use it as a chance to challenge your own methods because it will teach you more about what you're a what you're capable of and what you need to improve we did actually get one question that did revolve around the 48 hour challenge that
1: i wanted to bring up just uh because i think it would be really be handy for any beginners out there attempting it um yeah. i know that it would have helped me if i went this route as well it comes from leighton Uh leighton says hey boys Never welded anything in my life, and I'm thinking of trying the 48-hour dagger challenge this year. I have some old files which I would like to possibly use. What is the easiest beginning uh, beginner welding method to add some threaded rod to the file to allow some extra length to the tang? Some quick Googles suggest MIG welding. Any help regarding welding type and how to achieve this outcome would be greatly appreciated.
0: Thanks, Leighton. Cheers, Leighton. I look forward to seeing what you come up with for the challenge. Me too. Um,
1: there's actually quite a few in that that are really helpful to talk about um especially a good one for me is files too we could probably start with those and then dive into the welding because i think that'll help a lot of people but um i i remember you mentioning a while back that you used a dreadnought
0: file i believe it was yeah i did actually yeah i used a, a carpenter's dreadnought
1: yeah. What, uh, what other files and scrapping around do you reckon uh, in your experience that you could probably get away with having a crack at the 48-hour challenge? Um, keeping in mind, guys, that like, not everything is going to be usable as a knife. Some things yeah. are case-hardened. Some things are good steel. You know, It's like that, that wonderful TikTok that goes around. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Um, <laughs> so just keep that True in mind when words. it comes to scrapping. It's all tongue-in-cheek
0: sort of stuff. True words so, never spoken. I mean, when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to files, obviously everyone knows that Nicholson wheelchair are kind of the stock standard for using to turn into knives because they're always hardenable steel. Um, yeah. it, there if you're if you're using cheap ones like Craft Ride or Trojan or any of those yeah. really Yeah. There's a good chance <laughs> that they're going to be some form of case hardened or scrap steel or something like that. And just because they're old doesn't necessarily mean they're good either. Uh, there are a lot of old files that were case-hardened. Uh, so it always pays to test your materials before you use them. Uh, spark test, snap test, all of the usual tests that we do for unknown steals. Yeah. And Farrier's Rasps will make a decent dagger if you're doing the uh, the stock removal route. Um, so. You've got a lot of material there. It's already long enough for a dagger blade, so you don't really need to forge it anywhere. Yeah. So don't limit yourself only to forging things, especially when it comes to a dagger challenge. If I could yeah, rec- right. If I could recommend anything to anyone when it comes to the dagger, 48-hour dagger challenge, your first dagger should be a uh, stock removal dagger because forging equilateral bevels is a pain in the butt and grinding them is even harder and it's grinding them is a hell of a lot easier when you have flat bar stock that you can mark out and actually follow the freaking guidelines on (laughs) if you forge a double bevel dagger and you don't get it perfectly straight and perfectly flat you will never get those edges centered (laughs) yeah so like unless you're really really confident with your forging First dagger should always be a stock removal dagger. I know people are going to hate it, but if you're a bladesmith, if you're a knife maker, you have to learn how to do stock removal at one point. So do it. Yeah. And layout, 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 layout. Use layout um, because it will help you. Um, Yeah. But yeah, when when it comes to to files. The bigger, not always the better, but in the case of daggers, you want them to be relatively thick. One of the things that I see a lot of people make a mistake on in dagger making is that they try and start too thin. Most daggers, remember, are used for stabbing, not slashing, so they need to be relatively stiff uh, along the length of the blade, and that requires a little bit of thickness, and you're mostly using it to punch through like, uh, chain mail and stuff, so you want it to be relatively Sturdy, and even our the famous Fairbairn Sykes is about six mil at the ricasso at the at the guard, and earlier daggers like Misericords and stuff like that were like ten mil at the, at the guard. So, uh, <laughs> don't be afraid to go thick in the uh, in the in the uh, ricasso when it comes to welding a tang on anything welding an extension on high carbon steel do not do as i did when i welded the nagel on the messer guard preheat and post heat (laughs) (laughs) when you're welding to high carbon steel two most important things is preheat and post heat preheat with a blowtorch till it's about 300 degrees celsius or uh, I don't know what that would be, like 500 degrees Fahrenheit, it's thereabouts. Pretty hot. <laughs> hot enough that it turns blue. Uh, and yeah. then when you post-heat, right after you've finished welding, grab the blowtorch, stick it on there, and get it red hot, and basically normalize it, right? Slowly move the blowtorch away from it, and just let it cool down with the blowtorch flame and then let it slowly cool because if you don't do that post heat you're going to get a hard heat affected zone right at the edge of the weld and because the carbon steel will cool really really fast it's going to quench itself and then you'll just end up with a piece of glass holding your tang extension on. And this is why a lot of uh, the old masters who used to weld threaded rod and stuff like that on used to use brazing instead. So you would cut a slot in the middle of your tang, you would uh, grind or file your threaded rod so it fits in the slot, and then you would use flux and a piece of brazing rod and a torch to braze those two pieces together, and that means that you don't get the hard heat-affected zone, Uh, but it's not as strong as welding. Hmm when it comes to like ease of use a mig's great if you've got a mig uh and if it's not flux core because i freaking hate flux core mig welding fuck i hate that so much tig is probably the best if you had a tig uh you can't use a tig without argon so i hope you're rich (laughs) my my choice my go-to is always arc welding arc welding is kind of the the go-to for me because i can use any electrode i want i can weld pretty much any material on the planet is it as neat as mig no is it as easy as mig no but i get the better results overall uh and i tend to use either low hydrogen rods or i use uh multi-purpose or um multi i can't remember what's the what the original name for the electrodes are but uh, anyway seventy sixteen rods which are low hydrogen um or i can't i think it's like sixty one thirty for the uh general purpose not the multi purpose not the general purpose don't use general purpose they suck um, especially when welding the high carbon steel, because high carbon steel tends to leach carbon into the weld and create cast iron, which can be really bad. And that's why most welds, when you weld like a handle onto a bar for like forging a knife, the bar, the handle snaps off, and that's because people use general purpose electrodes. <laughs> But um air pockets. (laughs) Yeah. But even if you're using general purpose electrodes or you're using MIG wire, then preheat and post heat is going to save you. Specifically, the post heat is going to save your life. So, you know, just be safe out there. Yeah.
1: And as much as you know, there there is great in the in the TIG welding and, and MIG welding and all of those things, at the end of the day, use what you have. Um, if it is, a if it is the, the flux cord (laughs) MIG welder, it's what you got. Um, so it just means that you might have a bit of cleanup if you want to go around that as well. But again, if you're doing threaded rod, you just need to make sure that you've got the penetration and it sticks. Mm. You can clean that up and you can, you know, you,
0: you can fit that around your, um, your handle. As well, and the pommel. So, one one of my favourite things to do is to weld a large blob around the join, and then using a blowtorch or my forge, forge that blob down into the tang extension, uh, and that That's will. A good tip. Yeah, that actually increases the amount of time at heat, so therefore it's not creating that heat affected zone, but it also. Uh, shrinks those little gaps or little porosity that you might have in your weld um, and straightens everything out so you don't have to worry about welding perfectly because you can just weld it to buggery and then beat it into shape.
1: (laughs) Uh, Um, Well, whatever works.
0: (laughs) In my experience, it's my preference to weld just rod and then thread the rod myself rather than trying to weld threaded rod onto stuff because Unless you put like thread protector tape on the on the threads and then try not to bang it on anything, you're gonna damage the threads. So um, I, I find it easier to just weld a piece of like six mil and then use an M6 uh, tap to, or a quarter twenty trap for those guys in the states, uh, to to thread the rod. Um, tapping tap and die sets aren't actually that expensive. You can do- buy individual tap and die sets. For relatively cheap, and they're incredibly useful. So,
1: yeah, oh yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I'd, I'd definitely rate them after I did a, the batch of roses. Yeah, um, yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah, percent.
0: I, honestly, I, I went without one for so long, and then I eventually just bit the bullet and bought a set, and I just I use it yeah. all the time. It is stuff. amazing
1: um, how much you will use it uh, when you when you've got them. It, it's when you when you do acquire those new tools. It's like all you use for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah,
0: <it's> like, <laughs> I, I always just I shock myself with how many times I just need to make a small threaded adapter or something. I need to make a, a pommel nut, or I need to make a uh, you know like I've made mountings for like camera mounts and stuff.
1: Yeah. I just had to have
0: something screw into something else, and I'm like, oh, I'll just make a friggin'. I'll just make a bolt and I'll make a a nut.
1: Um, New valuable skill and a tool as well. Can't can't rate it enough.
0: That's it. I mean, like it's it's either spend like ten minutes to make a nut and bolt at the shop or drive to the freaking hardware store to buy yeah. one. Well,
1: um, it's cheaper <laughs> and sure, like. You know, it's-
0: a dollar something, whatever, for a for a nut and bolt depending on the size, but it's honestly cheaper to just do it at the shop and faster and that way I don't have to get in the car. Yeah, so well, the price of fuel these days. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You spend as much on fuel just going to the bloody shop.
1: But um yeah, other than that, there there is so many things that we could go over with the 48-hour dagger challenge, but um, taking on board what skills you have, have a play with the designs. Draw something out. See what works. Um, go back. If you like the shape of something else, draw a different handle. Draw multiples. Make them up. Mock, up, mock a... What is it? A mock-up design. Uh, cardboard or wood or something mm-hmm. like that. And yeah, have a play. I did the uh, cardboard and tried to get the shaping to fit in the handle. That was the biggest thing. But yeah, things like that are... Are very mm-hmm. very helpful.
0: People underestimate how good scrapwood designs are help uh, are for helping.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Alec, uh, all the folder courses, that even just mm-hmm. when you did the uh, small YouTube snippets of the uh, little wooden ones to make up, just to show the mechanisms. It's, it's such a simple thing to do. And, and it's like all of those little scraps that we keep aside that'll be, it'll be useful. Yeah, that's that's where they come into use. So
0: <laughs> I, re- I remember having a conversation with uh, Sean McIntyre and Kyle Royer, um, you know, two ABS mastersmiths at a table at Blade Symposium. And we were talking about handle designs, like how to get good handle contours and like make handles that are comfortable because mm. people were struggling. And Sean was like, just grab a two by four and just cut handle blocks out of it and then make a crap load of pine handles, like shape them as much as you like, do whatever you like to them because it's cheap crap. Yeah. And that's the way you learn. And Carl was basically like, Yeah, that's exactly what I did, you know. <laughs> just, you know just pine make bunch of handles see what's comfortable that's it <clears throat> yeah that's something I've tried to utilize in the past actually um, back when I first started knife making way back in the beginning I actually used to make MDF copies of my knives I had like a sheet of 6 mil MDF and I would cut the blade and the tang out and then I would put scales on it and I'd do the whole lot to make nice. a wooden mock-up um, and that was incredibly helpful because you know I, I got to practice my various fit ups and stuff on something that I really didn't care about. And at the end, I had a cool little wooden model. <laughs> well, <laughs> Which, that's it. Who, lo- who doesn't love wooden swords and wooden, you know, <laughs> wooden <laughs> arts and crafts? Well, that that know. in turn is also a wooden sword hanging over my shoulder. <laughs>
1: That's true, but um, but that that being said, it's also good for the muscle memory. Just just doing that uh, mm-hmm. exercise is helpful to just build up that muscle memory, uh, like at the grinder as well, shaping those handles. Um, it'll speed up your uh, your process uh, tenfold once you've gotten that yeah. uh, design down. Um, and then th- that likewise can be said for the grinding of um, profiles and bevels. Once, uh, if you allocate that time for the muscle memory, you you will nail it every time and it'll cut down your process time just ridiculously.
0: Quick trick with designing dagger blades. If you want a symmetrical dagger blade, get a ruler, draw a line the length of your dagger blade and then draw the dagger profile on one side. Then slice that profile with a knife or a pair of scissors, fold it over the center line and trace. There you go. Perfectly symmetrical dagger blade. (laughs) rather than trying to match them side to side with like measurements and stuff, which is what I tried to do in the beginning where i like measure the length of like the tapers and stuff and then try and measure the widths. Gotta love it. That's some
1: play school education right there. Man, Neil's (laughs) Neil's
0: just did a live stream where he was like, this is how I design my daggers. And he literally just designs half the dagger, including the guard and the pommel, then just folds it over in half and then traces the other side. Well, that's, that's, honestly
1: that's just that's just work smarter not harder i know but like you know
0: it seemed it's it's like immediately it's like oh it's that's common sense right like i i the moment i saw him do it i was like oh duh but at the same time i hadn't thought of it until that point so i may have well, just the process well of
1: it. uh overthinking it
0: in the in the moment yeah and exactly. that's what usually so, happens um, so
1: planning yeah. planning can avoid that <laughs> but that's um, why we chose that that, well yeah i just thought it was fitting fitting especially with the the question that we got with it and yeah and and seeming the time as well seemed it was coming up to the challenge so it's a good uh, shout out for Niels and uh i hope that everyone will take uh all of the frequently asked questions on board and uh do their designs do their scouting for materials and gathering whatnot because uh time will be running out if you haven't uh ordered
0: it or unless you'd be sourcing it locally so um yeah you know what, and, and whether out. or not whether or not we uh we partake of the the challenge this year i will dr- definitely be trying to but
1: oh uh, as whether we, we both will yeah
0: whether we don't or we do, I want to see a lot of people doing it. Like I'll be following, I'll be following. That's it. Hashtag. Don't let that
1: stop you. Do it for you, for you guys. That's what it's for. It's for yourselves. Challenge yourselves. Get I'll be, Take. I'll be take watching you. <laughs>
0: I'll, be, take, I'll, take be part. Watching. I'll be judging you if you don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, jump on it
1: guys and, and take, uh, take part in it. Be, be amongst it. Cause it is a, it's a valuable learning lesson uh, for you and the shop as well. Um yeah. I, I can't raise it. It's just a it. great experience. It is, and it's a lot of fun. A lot of the makers jump on board with the other uh, videos on the lives. It's a, honestly it's a lot of fun. You have a lot of laughs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We all share in it. it's it's shared trauma. That's the best way to build, you know, friendships is just uh, we all, the all best share this horrific come experience. From it. <laughs> 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 We we all use the hashtag blame the black dragon um <laughs> for, for everything that goes wrong because Niels is the reason that we all get suffer. And, uh, yeah, we would have a fun time. Yeah, we love doing it.
1: I think that uh, about wraps up the show anyway.
0: It does. Yeah. I, I hope um, you
1: Yeah, and I hope you guys get on to the uh, weird and uh, wacky shop incident. Um, let us know, guys. Send them in.
0: Yeah.